We're doing a mini-series called Stress-Free Living. And every principle that I see that the Lord gave to me begins with a C. So we're going to look at the second C to stress-free living. The first C was found in Psalms and 55. And notice with me in the uh, 22nd verse of Psalms 55. And uh, if you were not here last Sunday, I highly encourage you to get the CD of it. A lot of good food there, a lot of good things that will help you live a stress-free life. In Psalms 55, and notice with me in verse 22, it says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. To be sustained and to be in position to be sustained, we must first cast our burden on the Lord. Peter says it like this, casting the whole of your care, all of your anxiety, once and for all upon him. Why is that? Because he cares for you. Thank you, Lord. And so today we're going to talk about the second C to stress-free living, and that is come to him and commune with him. Come to him and commune with him. In Matthew chapter 11, a very, very familiar set of scriptures that we'll look at this morning, in verses 28 through 30, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will make it worse. I mean, I'm going to lay a double burden on you. I've been waiting for you to come. No, that's not our good, good father. No, he says, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. The Amplified says you will find rest, relief, refreshment, recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. How many of you know your soul needs some blessed quiet? And he goes on to say, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so, friends, here is a divine invitation to come to him and to receive divine rest. James said it like this, and I want to notice the scriptures today. So turn in James chapter 4, and notice with me in in verse 8, again, a very familiar verse of scripture. James, the fourth chapter, the eighth verse says, draw nigh to God. And what's he going to do? Oh, I don't want nothing to do with them. Oh, man, there's old Joe. Man, whew. I'm going to look the other way. No, thank God, if you draw nigh to him. Amen. See what you did in praise and worship today. You did it real good. You drew near. Amen. Now, whether you came to the altar or not is immaterial. You can draw near from the back row. Because drawing near has nothing to do with location. It has to do with your heart. Where's your heart at? Hallelujah. Everyone say location, location, location. You know, these people come near to me with their words, Jesus said, but their heart is far from me. 
And so we want engaged hearts and connected hearts to him. He said in his word, if you will come close to me, I will come close to you. Now, one of the main reasons why people do not draw near to God and come close to God, because they have a guilt consciousness. But the Bible says we are to wake to righteousness and awake to the fact that you and I can have a rebirth of self-worth through the new birth. Say it with me, I'm having a rebirth of self-worth through the new birth. What does the new birth say about you? The new birth says if any man be in Christ, what is he? He's a new creation, new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. A rebirth of the way that you see yourself. Seeing yourself the way that the Father sees you. And saying about yourself what your father has said about you positions you to have great rest in your soul and positions you for a stress-free life. In 2 Corinthians uh, 5 verse 21, it tells us of our right standing with him. It says, for he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness. Glory to God. Of God in him. Here's what happened today during praise and worship. Saturation took place. How many of you feel different now than when you walked in the doors? How many of you sense his presence in you and on you and all around you? Now we can corporately draw near which we do and have done and there comes a place of presence through the saturation of the comforter the holy ghost now if i can do that and we can do that corporately you can do that in your car you can do that on the way to work tomorrow you can do that when you leave church today How do I draw near, Pastor? How do I do that on an individual basis? Well, praise God, you just worship Him. Lift up your hands and lift up your voice and just tell Him how much you love Him. And then sing a little song to Him. You don't have to be a recording artist to sing a song to the Lord. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord your God. Amen. Through worship, through praise, through getting in the word, through the spirit of prayer, you can draw near to him and stay connected to him. Now, the children of Israel were kept out of what God had provided for them because of a major, major reason. And I want to track this through this morning in Hebrews, the third chapter. And I want you to look at it in verse 19. Hebrews 3, verse 19. I'm looking at it in the Amplified Version. He said, Now so we see that they were not able to enter in to what? They were not able to enter into his rest and really God's best. 
had the children of Israel obeyed God and entered into his rest and enjoyed his very best, they would have had a stress-free life. Oh, milk and honey. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Milk and honey. The land of promise. Now, notice this. So we see that we were not able to, that they were not able to enter into his rest because of, this is big, their unwillingness to adhere to, to trust in, and rely on God. Unbelief, what? <laughs> Unbelief had shut them out. And here's what the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me. And that is this. If they could willingly refuse to trust and rely on God, we can willingly open our hearts and trust and have faith in God. As we do that, we will not be kept out, but we will be able to enter in to his rest and enjoy his very best. And therefore, we shall not be stressed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it cost them, didn't it? What did it cost them? It kept them out. It cost them. Don't let doubt keep you out. But enter into rest, which removes all stress through trust. Raise your right hand and say, Lord, I trust you. I open my heart with a heart filled with faith. Help me, Lord, to enter in today to your rest. Now, let's keep tracking this through. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the second verse. It says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Did you know that you can be here and not profit from it? I mean, I'm not telling anybody to stay home. I'd be a fool to do that. But it'd be just as well for you to stay home than to come and let what I'm saying go in one ear and out the other. The Word's being preached in this place. The Spirit of God is moving in this place. Amen? But you've got a mixer. I said you've got a mixer. You've got something you've got to mix what's been preached with, and that mixer is faith. Come on, go like this. Say, I'm mixing what I'm hearing. Hallelujah. I'm stirring myself up. Oh, I'm a shokalabasataye. Hey, glory to God. Woo, I believe it. Say it with me. I believe it. Every word. And I receive it. Did you know that it's easy to receive? It's not hard to receive. It's easy to receive your healing. It's easy to receive your wealthy place. Religion has made it complicated. And some preachers have even made it difficult. But Jesus said, my ways are always light and my ways are always easy. It's easy. It's easy to believe. It's easy to receive. It's easy, just like Brenda was saying, you got to jump into the river? Well, it's easy to step into his rest. Hallelujah. 
Glory. Step right in. Step right up. Into the rest of God. And sleep well at night. No more biting your fingernails. No more worrying about what this person said or what that person said or what the economy is doing or what this candidate said or what that candidate said. No, thank God we've opened our heart and we trust in Almighty God and He is the one that gives us rest. Woo, glory. Now notice in verse 9. In verse 9 it says, There remains, therefore, a rest to you. For he that has entered into his rest has also ceased from his own works as God did from his. In other words, we enter in by faith and it's not by works. Amen? But then it's very interesting in verse 11... It says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So it seems kind of like he's saying you don't work for it, but then you've got to labor for it. It's a different thing. When he's talking about working for it, he's talking about qualifying for it on your own merits. When he's talking about laboring to enter into his rest, he's talking about a work of faith and an active laying aside of the distractions of this age that would attempt to keep you out of this rest. And that is where the fight is. That is where we fight the good fight of faith. So what is this labor? Again, in verse 11, let's pull it up, read it with me. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. What is this labor? Well, number one, this labor means pressing, like I said, beyond the distractions, and to sit at his feet and learn of him. Now, let's look at Luke chapter 10. I'm going to feed you today. You ready to be fed? That's what a pastor does. Poimain. He pastors. He feeds. He teaches. He ministers. So be fed today, all right? In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says, Now it came to pass that they went to enter into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also, what, did she, what was she doing? I wonder if there'd be any value for us to sit at his feet and heard his word. But Martha was worried and cumbered and stressed out about much serving and came to him, can you imagine, and said, Lord, don't you care? Saying to the Lord of peace, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to serve, bid her, and now she's trying to take the Lord over, Bid her, therefore, that she come and help me. Don't you know that Jesus was kind? And Jesus was yet firm with her? And Jesus called her situation exactly as it was. And notice with me in the next verse. He said, Martha, Martha, you are not only careful about what's happening right now, 
I mean, think about all the noise that's going on in the kitchen. Pots and pans are clanging and stoves are popping and, man, biscuits are getting ready. But it says, it's not just that, Martha, that's happening in your life. You are troubled and full of care. And you're stressed out about many things. You're stressed out about a multitude of things. Now, how does a person, how do we get to a point where we are stressed out about many things? It starts by what you yield to. Come on. Yielding to the cares of this life is an open door. It is an entree to the enemy into your life. And so instead of yielding to care, we resist care. Instead of taking the care, we cast the care. Instead of coming down to the level of cares, we come to him. Say it with me, I'm coming to him. And so in verse 42 it says, but one thing is needful. Everyone say one thing. thing. And here it is. And Mary has made the right choice. And we can make the right choice daily. Mary has chosen what? The good part. And by the way, Jesus said, it will not be taken from her. We could say it this way. Mary made a conscious decision to come to him. And to enter in and to connect with him and as a result the eternal decisions she made would not be ripped out from underneath her but she would be stable and solid as a rock oh hallelujah now here's what the lord ministered to me the other day and i i don't want to be, to to put anyone under condemnation uh, because this is applicable to, applicable to myself as well because there have been some times where I have gotten sucked into this. And here's what the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He said, some of you are too connected. Too connected to the wrong things. Too connected to your iPhone. Too connected to your iPad. Too connected to media. Too connected with all the scores in sports. There's people in here that can tell you the scores of yesterday's Major League Baseball games, but they couldn't quote you scripture on healing. Did you feel that? Let me try that. What are you connected to? Not just in the media. What kind of relationships are you connected to? What kind of things are you attached to? What kind of companionships and relationships are you connected to? The wrong kind of relationships and the wrong kind of connections will stress your life right out. Plus, not only that... It will keep us out of his word and away from his presence. Here's what the Lord said. 
being overly connected, listen to this, being overly connected disconnects many of my people from me. Now we're going to get back up. Just hold on. Now I'm not talking about going to hell. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. But there's a disconnect. You see, the branch is to be vitally united to the vine. If we want to produce much fruit, which includes the peace of God and a stress-free life, we've got to stay vitally hooked with Him. Vitally connected to Him. And this is why He said to us, Come on to me. And the Lord gave me three things that happens in people's lives when they're disconnected. And by the way, if you've been unhooked, today's a great day for you to hook up. And if you've been disconnected, don't get under condemnation. Just come on, somebody. Reconnect. Reconnect with Him. Reconnect with the Word. Hallelujah. Three things. Number one, it disconnects my people from inside information. Number two, it disconnects my people from Holy Ghost revelation. And then number three, it disconnects my people from change and transformation. We started the year out talking about change and transformation. To achieve what God wants achieved in our lives, we must stay connected. But let me ask you about this. Has anybody sensed in their spirit that God's got some inside information for you? Anybody sensed in their heart that he's got some Holy Ghost revelation for you? Glory to God. Now, if we're too busy with all the influx of information coming from the outside, sooner or later we won't pay any attention to the inside. And I've discovered this, that success in life doesn't come from circumstances and outside things. Success in life comes from the greater one who lives on the inside, imparting his word and imparting his information, giving you revelation down in your spirit. Oh, glory to God. He's got some inside information for you. He's got some Holy Ghost revelation for you. To where you weren't able to see, now you can see. To where you didn't know, now you know. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that the secret of the Lord is with those that fear Him. And He will show them His covenant. He wants to share some good things with us. So, let's connect. And let's stay connected. Brenda, in between the service, reminded me of something I'm going to share with you. It's so good. Let me quote this first one for you. It says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come. Come to the water. Man, you came to the water today. Hey, you not only came, but you jumped. Hey, hey, glory. You jumped. Everyone that thirsteth. The Bible says, let him come to the waters. Now look at John 7. John the 7th chapter. Let's keep tracking this through. You okay? All right. Good. 
In John the 7th chapter, in verse 37... It says, in that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and think. No, 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 no. How many are thirsty today? If any man thirst, let him. Not your wife. Now, I'm going to go eat afterwards, and as much as I love you, I'm going to let you eat for me. I'm going to eat for myself. If my lips get parched, I'm not going to call up Pastor Tom at 3 in the morning and say, Would you drink something for me, please? No, I'm going to take that bottle of water, and I'm going to drink. Come on, somebody. I'm going to whoo, look at your neighbors. You've got to drink for yourself. Some of you are smiling because you remember those bar days. But anyway, we're not talking about those days talking. We're talking about Holy Ghost bar. The bar is open. Hallelujah. You got filled with all sorts of spirits back then. But thank God when you come unto him and drink, you get filled with the spirit of the living God. Woo. Smile real big. Full of the Holy Ghost. So if you're thirsty, come to him and drink. Drink for yourself. Drink for yourself. You know, when we are thirsty as Americans, we don't always hydrate well, do we? So he says, well, I'm thirsty. I think I'll have another Coke. That does not count with your 64 ounces a day of water. Well, I'm thirsty. I'm going to go have me a great big vente over at Starbucks after church. Now, ventes are good, but for every cup of coffee you drink, you ought to be drinking eight ounces of water. Good little stat there. (laughs) But when we're thirsty, we don't always hydrate well. You see, some of these guys that are playing real tough basketball games like our Golden State Warriors. I wonder if I could make a three-pointer from here if it was way up there. But a lot of times they experience cramps. And so what do they do? Well, of course, they rub their legs, but they make sure that they stay hydrated. And... When we're thirsty spiritually, we also do not always hydrate well. Substitutes. You know, you can be hungry, hungry spiritually and head for the natural cupboard. When in reality, you should be heading for the Word of God. Substitutes for hydration spiritually will not take stress out of your life. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink the real living water. Come on, everyone, just go like this. Real living water.
when stress comes, out of your mouth is going to flow from what's in your heart in abundance. Say it with me, out of my mouth, out of my heart, my mouth shall speak. For the word of God, it's alive. It's alive in me. It's dwelling in me. And it's keeping me in the rest of God. Let's read verse 12 together. Ready, read. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a... There is a great connection between you being in the Word and you living a stress-free life. I remind you of our text. Jesus said, learn of me. Be my disciplined one. Be my disciple. Continue in my Word. And that Word that you stay in will continuously keep you free. Jesus said, learn of me, and you're going to find rest to your souls. How many of you know that God's rest is always the best? Say that with me. God's rest is always the best, and it keeps me from being stressed. How many of you just got a few more moments for me today? That's not everybody. Okay. I'm a faith man. I'm not moved by what I don't see. Hallelujah. Learn. Now listen to this. Learn to rest on the inside. Learn to rest down here. That's going to take some laying some things aside. That's going to take some discipline. But you can do this if you will learn to rest on the inside and if you will commit your way to Him, and if you will practice the presence of the Lord, here's the end result. And I'm going to read it just like I got it. You will find rest. You will find, if you can rest on the inside in your spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the help of the Comforter, you can have rest in your mind. And you can have rest in your body. You know, before I was born again, many of you know my testimony, I had no rest in my soul. I had no rest in my body. My life was filled with torment. But when I got born again and got filled with the Spirit and started filling my spirit with the Word of God, I started resting on the inside. And then I began to notice this junk that was going on in my mind, how many, how many of you have ever had some junk going on in your mind? How many of you have ever had some spiritual warfare up here? The warfare is not necessarily always in the heavens. It's sometimes between our ears. Amen. But here's, here's what I found out. As I was willingly choosing not to be conformed to this world, and then as I got a hold of the glory of God to begin to transform me, all of a sudden... This rest on the inside started settling things down in my soul. The fears and the torments and the reminders of the past 
begin to desist over the process of time. And where I could hardly sleep when I first got off of drugs, when I got born again, I began to sleep. And some of you need a good night's sleep. You've got too many things going on up here. There's too many cares. There's too many worries. Rest. Rest. Pray in the Spirit. Practice the presence of the Lord. And rest in Him. And that rest on the inside, it will make its way to the outside. Say it with me. I got someone on the inside. And he's working, he's working, he's working, he's working. Not very good. Say it again. He's working, he's working, he's working. He's working on the outside. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4, verse 16. We track this wonderful set of scriptures almost all the way through the full chapter of Hebrews 4. What's the summation, Pastor, of what you're saying? The summation is this. Let us, let us, therefore, because there's a rest available, let us, therefore, come boldly. Come boldly where, Pastor? Come boldly to the throne of what? Of grace. Have you discovered that His grace is sufficient for you? Have you discovered that He has grace for your race? And so He says, come unto me and come to the throne of God and come and you will have great grace imparted unto you. Not only the grace of strength for your race, but how many of you know we need the grace of wisdom? We face a lot of situations in life that in the natural realm we don't know what to do. But oh, His grace is sufficient. Come to Him and let Him impart His wisdom into you. And let Him pour out His grace upon your life. You know, many people work difficult jobs. How many of you work a difficult job? That's three of you, okay. Next illustration, Lord. You know, I was talking to, to James this past week, and Brother Copeland was just in uh, Branson, Missouri. And, uh, you know, when you work for Brother Keith Moore and Miss Phyllis Moore, you don't, you ain't no Gomer Pyle. You work. It's like you're in the Moore's army. Amen. And so... A uh, lot of hours being put in. A lot of setup for Copeland's meetings. And I love Brother Kenneth, but you know, it's not at all unusual for services to last three, four hours. And so James, you know, and his friends needed to go ahead and tear down with the group. And then they needed to set up for Sunday morning. Probably got home about three. And then had to be back by seven for the service at nine. You know what? It takes a special grace when you are faced 
with some difficult, hard situation and hard labor. It takes the grace of God upon me. I'm not going to say this prophetically, but I will say it this way. Perhaps you've been seated at your desk recently and you've just thrown up your hands and you said, man, I don't know whether I can do this or not. I don't know whether I can keep up this pace. I, I just, I don't know, Lord. I don't know. And the Lord is saying to you, come to me. Come to me. And I will give you grace. And I will strengthen you. Now you're here this morning. We're done preaching. And perhaps you, your life has just gotten a little disconnected from him. It's a good time to reconnect. Amen.